Welcome back to 90s Court. I'm very loud, and I'm one of your hosts, Lisa. I'm one of your hosts, Andy. He's less loud because he's he's cordial. He's nice. I don't, well, I have I know a lot of people that would disagree with that strongly. They're like, man, what a rude boy. <laughs> what? That, hey there, rude boy. Hi, rude boy. Boy, is you loud enough? Um, this is 90s Court. If you're tuning in for the first yes. time, welcome back. We've been on a two-week hiatus just for a little breather Whoa. at the end of storm season for Lisa and some wild life All changes right. for Andy as well. We are back. Uh, 90s Court is a show where we take two things that are popular from the 90s, uh-huh. popular enough that we can talk about them in great detail, sure. put them up against each other in quote-unquote mm-hmm. court. And then Andy and I also um, talk about two things that we love huh. that are not as popular but still pretty rad. Um hmm. So that's the gist of the show, y'all. Huh. Yeah. I I literally I know this is gonna sound crazy. I've this is the eighty third episode. I mean, plus like bonus episodes and stuff. I had no idea what this show was about until this moment, so thank you. You're welcome. You know, sometimes you just you just have a little mental block and you just log on to the computer sometimes on Sundays and you're like, What the just hell like, is this? Thank God and then you I start have a co host because just like <laughs> I've just been just you know, I've just been having some some bad memory problems. So um, That's true. Awesome. So, hey, before we get into some other details um, about some other stuff, uh, first off, I want to give a shout out to our patrons. We have a couple patrons that have hopped in over the past couple weeks while we've been gone on vacation. So definitely want to give a special warm shout out to them. So first off, um, to our newest bailiff, uh, CW or CC. Uh, I'm not positive on which one it is, but uh, but welcome. Thank you so much for joining at the bailiff level. Hopefully you're enjoying some of the bonus content. And uh, mm-hmm. I know Lisa has gotten some stickers sent out. And, of course, yes. our newest juror, uh, I think we just joined um, just a couple days ago, uh, Samantha. Welcome aboard. So glad to have you. Um, I think Lisa will soon probably be getting stickers out there as well. And, yes. um, and yeah, and we'll continue to mention and sing your praises about how wonderful you are as a human being. And you too, Cece. So good. You're the best. <laughs> we love you both. And I don't mean to be mean about this, but you're just a little bit better than some of the other folks. <laughs> You always got to do I do that, that joke every time. I, I want everybody to know who's listening. That is totally a joke, and I just, I love it so much. <laughs> just feel like you guys are just a little better than the rest of the people that listen. Just a little. Um, so anyways, and additionally, I want to give a shout out to our benevolent judges uh, who just, just plow ahead and serve justice day after day. Judge Troy, welcome. Judge Troy, Judge and Troy, you always have the greatest shit. Like, I just... I love the Facebook group and how much shit people share, especially when it's like random, like all kinds of different people posting mm-hmm. stuff. Like I, I had to scroll down so far to find the poll because there's been so many <laughs> posts and like none of them were bad either. There's just like so many posts like over the past couple of weeks. And of course, Judge Anthony, thank you so much. You guys are the best. Uh, thank you all for so much for sticking around for so long. Um, and of course, our benevolent bailiffs, bailiff Tim. I think I, I think I saw Tim since our last episode. So Tim came back to town. He lives in Kansas City, but was in town. And we oh, got cool. we got Froyo, and I met his children and his wife, which was lovely. Um, Nate, Nate, I actually saw you last week, and he did have a specific request for the patron uh, bailiff shout out, which was <laughs> that I mentioned that he does have a large wang, which I don't. I don't know if it's true. I think he just wanted to hear me say that on on the podcast. So just so you okay. guys know, Nate, the well-endowed. Anyways. Um, Glad we could clear that up. We, yeah, people, I know that the hot debate was out there, but we finally cleared <laughs> up that situation. Alyssa and the Next Session Podcast, we love you. We love your show. 
Um, and thank you so much because I've been asking her questions about business stuff lately, and she's had some interesting, fun output. So, and oh, yeah. lastly, uh, Judge Mike or no Judge Bailiff Michael again. Thank you so much. Always love your Facebook interactions. You're wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, so that's it for today. We'll get the rest of you guys next week. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your naders? Yeah, as you know, um, I'll keep this awesome story kind of short and simple. Sure. I went on, we were on a two-week hiatus because I went on a storm chase with my friend Heather. We were gone for a full week and it was amazing. And I got to see some new states uh, and I got to chase some new tornadoes. And I got a very big tornado in Selden, Kansas, probably one of the bigger ones of the week. It was super cool. Um, then we had a huge bust. But I got to travel with a friend without kids and I got to have like diner coffee and mm -hmm. like listen to music in the car and no one was fighting it was just perfect oh it was the coolest i'm sad storm season is more or less over mm -hmm. now but um now you just get to start the countdown like people do to football season but <laughs> sure. instead it's severe weather so i don't it's know such a cool thing to follow too on 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 facebook and everything because like because i think there's like so many people that are like i wish i had those kind of girl balls um, so that I could <laughs> I could go on adventures like that because that just sounds so fun just just especially having a good person along with you and everything just kind of hitting the yeah. road and going wherever so yeah so additionally like it's kind of wild just like the timing of this so um so I uh, have since the last time we talked I've no longer at my position in insurance um, which I've been in that biz industry for about nine years um, working in insurance and I um, had saved up a considerable amount and uh, had been wanting to do this for at least the past two or three years. And um, so I'm going to be opening a uh, tabletop gaming store um, in central Illinois. Um, we'll get more details later because um, I'll probably, I don't know, advertise to people who don't even live in the area because most people who <laughs> listen to this don't. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you can always order some stuff off the website eventually. But tabletop gaming, people who don't know, uh, obviously role-playing games, uh, collectible card games, board games, and the like. So, uh, that's so, so cool. Yeah. So it's very I exciting. It's just it's it's place. Plus, it's a place that is designed literally for the purposes of people getting together, hanging out, and spending time there, like playing games and stuff too. So it's just kind of a cool. Uh, it's always been a cool design for a shop, and has just some built-in traffic that's cool. So I'm excited to to get that started on that. But. Anyways, you guys didn't come for that. Um, maybe I'll have some nostalgic stuff in there, too. Who knows? Um, maybe, if we want to. So, I decided that I'd like to uh, go ahead and transition from that into me talking about my thing. Your thing. Not your, like, thing like like uh, I think for the Nate's show. thing. No, not, yeah. not like Nate's not thing. Not Nate's thing. Nobody compared thing. to Nate's thing. I've, <laughs> that's what I heard, at least. Okay. Heard it on, <laughs> heard on the mountains. Um, so guys, listen, I, I, here's the thing. There's, there's certain things that like, I, I think about for a second and I'm like, we definitely talked about that on the show. I'm like, oh, but we didn't cover it as a thing. We covered it as like a, there's just like multiple different like kiss, Mary kills and things like that, where we did different games and they were a part of the game or answered some questions on a game or something like that. So there was one in particular that I was like, I want to cover this cause I love this thing so much and it's terrific. Um, talk about French toast crunch. What's up? Okay, that's just, it. Just we're right it. So we're talking about it. We're just talking <laughs> okay. about it. So like, as you sit here, I'm not going to say any more words about it. I just want you to sit there and talk about it out loud so you guys can have like your own segment. Um, okay. Just kidding. So imagine being a child who, again, I mean, a portly, portly boy. I'm a portly, I, especially as a kid, I was a portly boy. 
Um, and I enjoyed greatly breakfast cereals, including Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is thebomb.com. And I mean, that's not even really arguable. Like most people I hear anymore that are okay. All right, so we're not going to get into that because I'll, I'll, I'll get upset. I'll get upset. We'll disagree to disagree. Cinnamon that's cool, Toast that's cool, Crunch, cool. Um, one of the best cereals ever made and undisputed champion of the world, um, <laughs> is was only to be outdone by its younger brother who, like, you know, it's like, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch got into, like, you know, U of I, like, you know, the local, like, the local, like, city, state college, like, the big one. It's a very prestigious school to get into. Mm-hmm. But fucking French Toast Crunch got a Northwestern, which is like, yeah. I mean, like, man, talk about getting outshone. So French Toast Crunch in 1995 busts onto the fucking scene and is like, what's up, everybody? I'm here to beat my brother. Um, and wow. it now here's the thing that is subject to opinion. And I'm not sure I necessarily believe it. But as far as novelty and like every time I eat it, do I love life a little bit more yes i do yeah yeah absolutely do i think i could eat four bowls of it in one sitting maybe not but i could definitely do i can definitely do that with cinnamon toast crunch but whenever i have a bowl or two of french toast crunch i'm like i don't understand why i don't have this cereal all of the time Um, yeah i feel like i could see that yeah so let's quickly just uh for for those unfamiliar play you a little bit of a sample of some advertisements from the 90s for this product let's hear it let's hear it So if you ever okay. thought like I like French toast, I like French toast, but I also wish that it was better. Um, like I know, mom, like you put a lot of work into this French toast, and it like took a long time, and it's fucking delicious and amazing. And it always takes more eggs than you expect. Yeah, by it's the you're way. always like you're always like I feel like I could have just eaten eggs and toast, and would <laughs> would have had yeah. you would have used less <laughs> yeah. product for this. Um, but instead of having like a really hot, delicious meal, like I want to break it down into tiny little breads, like tiny little breads that taste like you put like a little bit of maple syrup on them and then put mm-hmm. them in a bowl and just eat them like a fucking monster. Um, and here's the thing. It's not better than French toast because that's an insane, insane suggestion. However, it is better than most cereals. Um, so basically okay. now picture, if you will, for those unfamiliar literally like a slightly curved piece of bread and by like a piece of bread like it is i would say like size wise and width wise is proportional to an actual slice of bread um yes it's very well made um which i mean that's part of the appeal it also has like it's just got a good mouthfeel to it too you know yes um, that's mouthfeel is very important to cereal you cannot deny that it is and especially with the milk and everything like that too it's it's because some of them are just like, I disintegrate in 10 seconds if you don't eat me right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but French Toast Crunch holds its own. So so here's a quick little uh, blurb about new French Toast Crunch. New French Toast Crunch for a taste that will give you, uh, that will have you flipping. Wendell has cooked up an awesome new cereal with all his stuff you love. Delicious French Toast cereal with syrup, especially baked onto every crunchy piece. 
and each scrumptious piece looks like looks and tastes like French toast. Grab your spoon and discover this crunchy sensation for a taste that will have you flipping. So I guess they okay. like wanted to okay. accentuate the flipping because you do flip fr- French toast, similar to how you f- flip many other products that exist in the world. Um, but I want to just do a full stop here because it did mention Wendell. Um, and for those of you who are unfamiliar or don't recall, Wendell, Wendell is the fucking chef <laughs> that like wears like a white. It's like it's like portly chef that's older and wears a big hat. That was featured on every box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch um, or French Toast Crunch. However, he's not really That's anymore. Right, this guy. Yeah, that guy. He was – and the, the ad campaigns back in the day, like, he was very prevalent. Um, I don't watch commercials anymore, particularly for children's shows. But it looks like from the ones I always see is they have, like, the squares of Cinnamon Toast Crunch just, like, are sentient, um, which is also kind of fucked up. But mm-hmm. um, so – the reason I brought this up was because it's amazing how, like, in addition to Cookie Crisp, which is also one that at some point I'd love to get into as far as talking about the storyline of the commercials and how there were so many more characters involved in the commercial until they're like, I guess we killed off the rest of them. Because Wendell, one of the chefs, that's right, one of the chefs, one of. was one of three of the chefs that existed for a long time in old, old commercials. Until in 1991, there was a mysterious disappearance of the other two. Um, and there's still, like, I mean, statute of limitations doesn't run out on murder. Um, but let's just say, like, <laughs> let's just say, like, they got some new fancy swirls. And maybe they're kind of wondering how Wendell figured out that recipe and where his uh, his friends Bob and Quello went to. So, oh, my gosh. So there's Bob. The rabbit hole. Bob, Wendell, and Quello. Yeah, that was the rabbit hole I was looking up just before. I was like, hold on. <laughs> That so, is a lot to process, dude. So just in case you guys know, like, if, if you guys hear in the next few years about, like, a new, um, you know, discovery of, like, oh, DNA tracing has finally determined that Wendell did murder his partners, uh, don't be surprised. That shit happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Anomalous fascination. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, like I said, they originally resembled tiny pieces of toast for a very long time. And then, like... So I guess the people who make French Toast Crunch, so General Mills or whatever, were like, what if, what if we didn't? <laughs> what if we just didn't? You ever Do thought like, about not doing you it You ever thought them? about how, like, one of the, like, key features that makes this interesting is that it looks like bread? What if we just didn't do that anymore and then made it look just like Cinnamon Toast Crunch? So it's, so, so now it's French Toast Crunch that nope. just, it's just. It's not now. This, this was, was back then. This was in the 90s, early 2000s. So oh, okay. in the early 2000s, they changed it over to be like just thin squares like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But they like the, the main flavor was still the maple syrup and everything. But um, it just looked like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but it just had the French Toast Crunch box. I will say See, this no, too. That's, that's what I was thinking. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say French Toast Crunch box, fucking choice. Like, I don't know if you've look, looked at it, but it's just the colors. It's uh, It makes it pop. So what what I was thinking because I I don't remember ever having French Toast Crunch because I'm a trash can sure and I remember I, like my my first thought was okay this is a cool idea but having each and every single little piece be the shape of and look of a slice of bread has to be kind of a net loss in some way <laughs> to 
to the cereal producer General Mills. I like Mills, I right? like so like picturing that that is Wendell like just like with these tiny little like punch outs that's just like <laughs> bink, 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 I got bink. to do everyone. I don't know if that's <laughs> I don't Italian. know if that's his voice. He's I, well, I was like I don't Mama know is that the count. Mamma mia, I make it the French toast. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's so much French toast. Is he? Well. I cannot cut out every piece. But see, I this will is be just the count. This is Dracula. Yeah, he'll be back for, and that's actually G- General Mills makes those cereals too for uh, Count Chocula. I want to suck your cinnamon. I'll, have, you can't I'll say be that. back for, I will be off the box during October for time for uh, Count Chocula. Oh my gosh. Anyways, what the hell I've ever? never but been like, one of those big people on the old cereals but i think i i kind of want to get those. oh yeah yeah i'm into it but yeah the little time i mean the painstaking process obviously it wasn't it, it was a factory machine sure. making pressing them into these little bread pieces but like it's what like, the hell can we get rid of that fucking bread machine like because it's yes. like i just like there's different things like i've seen i i thought about that i think when we were talking about um Oh, the the nut, the peanut things or whatever, the the uh, PB crisps, the PB yes. crisp episode. I was like, they probably are just like, we don't want to have a machine that does this anymore. It's like too expensive to maintain this stupid thing, so we're gonna throw it away and just use the old ones yeah. for just peanuts. So yeah, yep. I wouldn't be surprised if like, hey, we have a machine for cinnamon toast crunch. Can we just use that one instead for shaping them up? Mm-hmm. Um, so after doing that, the product was then discontinued in two thousand and six. Oops. So it wa- it womp womped real bad. So um, after about 16 years, it collapsed. And then, of course, kind of like they do with PB Crisp, except successfully, um, and I guess like, you know, uh, other products, Clear Peps, Crystal Pepsi, things like that, there's a bunch of Facebook groups, Twitter groups, Instagram, everything that is asking for it back. And so in 2014, they said, say no more. We're fucking back. And so on 2014, they, they made a box that says, you asked for it, it's back. And it is. And it's shaped like the bread again because they were like, doing the other thing we did was a horrible mistake. And so you can still enjoy it today. Although I will say, at the time that it was gone, it was still available, but only in like Canada and Australia. Of course. They just punted it from Always. the U.S. because Canada's like, we like... We like maple syrup, so. We love the maple syrup. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it's available on Amazon for eleven dollars a box, or at Walmart for three sixty four. That's so, a big. Know. That's a big price difference. Huh? That's a big difference. I love also that it, the box, from what I can see, says no high fructose corn syrup, and then I look in there and it's like it's definitely well, maybe not high fructose, but it has yeah. corn syrup, of course. Oh, uh, okay. Dang it! They probably won this round because I can't read right. So French toast. French toast crunch. Wow. We're on the same wavelength on that one. Nice. Do, do, was what? Okay, can we just ask real quick? Did you have a favorite cereal of the '90s? Uh, yeah, I did because I think it was actually um, I made a Kiss Mary Kill for you one time, and so so I want to bring it up at some point. But it's the other one. So one of the other ones on the list was, uh, I again I don't didn't eat it frequently. Like I have to know something novel, not just something you can get now. Was uh, Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Ooh. <laughs> Which was okay. Uh, apparently, so here's the thing. They brought it back, and I read this, like, I was thinking about doing that instead of this instead, but I read this thing from this guy that was, like, this fucking rant, because apparently they brought back Rice Krispie Treat cereal, but it's just, like, frosted Rice Krispie Treat, Rice Krispies with marshmallows, like, separate, rather than the original one, which was, like, it was just literally, like, broken up Rice Krispie Treat that 
did have the risk of slitting your throat because those sharp, the fucking sharp edges of the uh-huh. of the little chunks were insane. Oh my gosh! I think mine, if I'm being totally honest, if I'm being totally honest, was probably honey smacks. Okay. I can get by that. That or honeycomb. But anyway, no one cares about that because no. those cereals honeycomb's, are Honeycomb's pretty dope. I'll, I'll give honeycomb you Honeycomb is delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, my turn. My, 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 Me. my turn. My turn. All right, here we go. Ready? Uh-huh. I just wanted to use that sound. It has nothing to do. Well, it has a little bit to do with what I'm talking <laughs> about, but I really wanted to use the Windows. Ta-da. Um, today I'm covering something that is so iconic that I'm honestly disappointed in myself that I have not yet covered Aww. it. Yeah, but it, I think it's one of those things that's been floating in my head, and I'm just, I've been dying to cover it. So, I was a hardcore Windows user, as everybody else was. Um, and of course, before the internet existed, you know, it was mostly just sitting in front of your, you know, Packard Bell with Word or WordPad or whatever it was open and just typing stuff in like 72 size font and just being like, I'm just going to print this out and put it on the wall. And it just says Lisa's room stay out uh, with some wingdings at the bottom or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or like making the text, uh, the text wallpaper, you know, where the scrolls by Mm -hmm. some cool shit like that. Uh, Or that you would occasionally get a CD-ROM game here and there or MS Paint, but Mm -hmm. even better than any CD-ROM game are the ones that came with the computer itself. Right. Okay. And I think that many of us can agree that one stands high above the others. And that game is Ski Free. If you disagree, don't say anything out loud. Just keep those negative thoughts I, to yourself. I don't disagree. I just <laughs> I just thought the words out of your mouth was going to be either Minesweeper or Solitaire. So this was just a, just a surprise. because Solitaire was good. Minesweep was good, but Minesweep I never really understood. It was just like, am I'm, I going to get it? Oh, I got the thing. And I'm, then you a, just rock. I'm a weird Minesweeper fan. Like, I love it just because I know that it's hard and other people don't know how to do it. Anyways. See? And that's a trick. You know some shit. I don't That's insider trading. I don't want that shit in my life. I want Ski Free. I want Ski Free. Minesweeper so, is insider trading. It is. You heard it first here. Breaking on news. On 90s he's so, going to prison. And he's going to prison. Uh, Ski Free was released on Windows and DOS in October of 1991. So it is one of the simplest yet most fun games to pass the time as a kid in the early 90s. Okay. Because what is it? You're just a little dude, this little dude on a ski slope on a mountain. And it's just this huge white background. And you just go from side to side through the little colorful bar ramps okay and you're just having and, and, and don't don't spoil don't spoil anything because we'll get to all the things but mm-hmm. like you're just you're just going left to right you could use the keyboard or the mouse if you were a pro you use the mouse i personally like the arrows because i'm weird but like you have to avoid um slamming into the little green pine trees and rocks too and of course there was in you know, the little nugget i'm going to talk about but just a second i was yesterday years old when I realized there were three different ways to play the game, I always just took off headfirst down the mountain. Just, just, just whatever the fuck I wanted to do. I didn't realize that there were three flags at the top that said you could go three different directions. One being slalom, which I learned that word yesterday. Slalom. S-L-A-L-O-M. Oh, yeah, I, I know hope the word. I'm saying it right. You, well, I'm glad you do. How come I didn't know these words? It's like, no one told like watch slalom. the Winter Olympics ever. I don't. I I willfully choose. If it's not gymnastics, <laughs> I'm not into it. So slalom, 
freestyle down the middle and then to the right tree slalom. So in regular slalom, you just got to go around the flags uh, um, and go as fast as you can. Easy enough. In tree slalom, it's the same concept, but they're trees this time. And then my favorite is freestyle where you are king and you just do what you want. And you just do sick jumps and you get points by doing them and you do tricks and you land them. And of course, but you, you lose the points if you don't land the, the, you know, don't stick the landing or if you get hit by stuff or you, you know, whatever the case is. So mm-hmm. the little treat we are likely all to remember is that at some point, an abominable snowman bear yep. guy comes running out of the side of the frame and just starts chasing your ass. And he's going to eat you if he catches you. So you have to keep going. And he appears at the 2,000 meter mark. I didn't know there was a threshold, but I guess that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's going to eat your ass when he gets you, too. By the way, he's going to eat it. Eat I, oh, I'm, it. I'm currently, like, I was, I'm watching, like, I have it on silent in the background. Is just watching mm-hmm. a video of this game. And have seen this man be eaten so many times by the so like, whole, just picked up and just eaten whole. It's amazing. It never gets less scary as an adult at 35, as a 20 something no. year old, even as a teenager. When that thing comes running out of the side of the woods, it is spooky dookie season. I do not like that guy. I do not care for him at all. Um, so real quick, some actual background of the game. The creator of the game is a man named Chris Pira, who had originally cre- created this game as a text-based game called Ski for the VAX slash VMS operating system. I've never heard wow. of those things until just now. That's like a deep dive into prehistoric computer stuff right there. Later on in life, he was working as a programmer for Microsoft And he made a new version of the game just for fun. And a program manager at Microsoft saw him playing it and was like, that looks fun as hell, dude. And they got it added to the Microsoft Entertainment Pack 3, which was, uh, I think, applied via a floppy disk or something like that. But that is how Ski Free came to be. And, like, I really thought there was going to be a lot more to it. It's like, no, you you, you just go down. But I'm telling you with just like music on in the background or TV on in the background and you're just playing ski free. It's like you could literally dump three or four hours into that game and not blink an eye because you're sitting there eating French toast crunch (laughs) and playing ski free in your underwear because who's going to tell you not to because it's 1994. I I, I would need both hands for that. I don't think I could be eating cereal while I'm playing that because I'd be terrified. You got to... Man, women women be multitasking, right? So we'll like I, I'm not I'm not even ambidextrous, but I, I know I'm gonna be able to feed myself French toast crunch with my left hand, ski free with the right hand, and my right foot is toes. petting a dog. Okay. Like there's a lot happening. All right. What about the left there's foot? There's a lot happening. The left foot's just tapping. Tapping okay. away to Ginny. Kind of the kind of Ginny the other Jones. ones are kinda of picking up the slack for that one. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. I'm like an octopus, man. I'm like an octopus of fun and French toast crunch. But that's ski free. And it's just a delightful little game that I miss so. And you can play it online here and there. It's just not the same. It's, it's, it doesn't respond as well. In fact, I I saw one today. It was like ski free online and I played it. It's a very short version of the game. And the abominable snowman isn't even chasing you. You just dump out into water and then the snowman's just, or the, 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 snowman's just like in the water and he's like the abominable snowman isn't real but climate change is and i was like you're gonna hit me with some climate change stuff right now it's like i mean you're right but right like, now i'm playing I a game play motherfucker. Ski free. I just I know. yeah um man ski That's, free man i mean I, here's the crazy thing i didn't have that ever which is why it's wild but like that <gasps> does look very fun 
You never had Ski Free? No. I mean, at least I didn't <gasps> know about her. I didn't open it. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, we, like, especially back then, we had janky-ass computers. Like, and I was, like, a young child. So, usually I was, like, Midnight Rescue, which I will, you know, if anybody out there, shout out to Midnight Rescue. Um, if anybody knows about it, please at me on any uh-huh. social media anywhere. Just um, in general. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's Just a game you have to pay for, but still, it's like a... I think I realized in retrospect it was an educational game, but it does See, involve taking get... pictures of robots in a school. Um, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Otherwise, you but like, it's not it's to solve a, bear a mystery. <laughs> yeah, that sounds better than just left and right to go through and not hit right. I think you could like run into a dog but and make it pee free, on the ground though, or something. Like, I, there's something about games that are just free and on like every computer though, because like that's like half the reason I play Minesweeper sometimes is just because it's on so many devices. See, and now you've got me wondering, was Ski Free just not... I mean, I know it was part of a Microsoft Entertainment Pack, so maybe it was an add-on at some point, but it just seemed like it was always there. Maybe it wasn't just always there. Could, I mean, it could also be something that I just didn't think to click on. I was just like, oh, that sounds dumb. Ugh, well, the fact that you never played it, man. Ski that hurts. Free. That hurts. Ski Butter free, free. But that's Ski Free. Butter Free. Listen, we're going to take a break. Yeah. We're come back. We are going to talk yeah. about poll results from yesteryear. <laughs> from six and then we're years ago six years ago and we'll be back with our court case so we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back yes, bye goodbye hey 90s court listeners lisa here i'm here to talk to you really quickly about a product that i absolutely love and i've used every single day for years and years and years let me hit you with a couple of scenarios Perhaps you're miserable because your partner snores like crazy, or maybe you're a night shift worker who can't get proper sleep during the day, or maybe you live in a really loud and busy downtown area. There's hope for you, and it comes in the form of sleep phones from Acoustic Sheep. I'm not lying when I say I've been using them religiously for years, and they're the sole reason I'm not a crazy person suffering from insomnia. Sleep phones are just ultra-soft headphones and a headband that are extremely bed-friendly, Side sleepers can also rejoice, for you can comfortably block out the sounds of the world while getting some soothing, noise-free sleep without hurting your ears. They even have wireless Bluetooth options, so you don't get tangled up in cords overnight. I personally connect mine to my phone each night and listen to some white noise to drown out my partner's snores. I'm telling you, I've gifted them to night shift nurses, in-laws, basically anybody with ears that values a good night's sleep. They even have options now that come preloaded with binaural beats or deeply relaxing ASMR content. So you can find something that's just right for you and maybe not even have to connect to your phone at all if you don't want to. Andy and I both use these now and we'd love to help you get some rest too. Go to sleepphones.com and use the code 90 score to get $10 off your order of $39 or more. That's sleepphones.com and the code is 90SCOURT. Sweet dreams. Welcome back, everyone, to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the show. Are you sure you don't sail want them to sail away? Sail away, sail there away. we go. There you go. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you. I swear I was going to record a new, uh, aud- uh, not Audacity, Anchor ad, but I haven't yet. Yeah, so that's one of those one things that every time I'm just like, I mean, like, on an almost fascination, I've just, like, if the show seems like, I'm like, I'll just make this two segments. I just get rid of the <laughs> ad because I'm just like, I don't care. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, I just wanted to mention, I don't know why I'm mentioning this, but I think it's just because it excited me greatly. Um, so I was playing Mega Man 2 on emulator. Now, I will say that is a game from 1988, but the entire Mega Man series went 
deeply into the 90s. So just wanted mm-hmm. to shout that out to anybody who is a Mega Man fan. Um, I'm a really big fan, specifically of Mega Man 2, because I can beat it. <laughs> and, yeah. it's the only, and it's the only one. Other ones, yeah. I'm just like, I can't figure out how to beat the first level. Um, but yeah, I was playing, and I and the, the dope thing is, Lisa, on those, like, so you start out and there's like, let me just give you an example real quick. This is not what the court case is or anything, but so okay. there's Bubble Man, Heat Man, Metal Man, Flash Man, Crash Man, Wood Man, Quick Man, and Air Man. And then, of course, Dr. Willie is the final boss that you have to defeat. Basically, you, you kill these guys. It's like a super hard level you have to beat, and then you get to the end and you fight the boss, and then you get their power or whatever. So Mega Man has like his normal like blaster arm thing, um, and then you get powers from other guys, and they typically help you in future levels with beating the boss there so you kind of need to do them in a certain order and everything um and i only mentioned that because i completely forgot about um passwords in games (laughs) passwords because that they still existed like later on but it was that like in nintendo the original nintendo they didn't really have like save files per se um because you couldn't really save the game so they would give you like say you've beaten bubble man and metal man um already then after you're done being the level, it'll be like password and you can open it up and it'll show this grid um, with red dots in it. And basically, mm-hmm. if you ever want to load your game at the place where you were, basically that you have the powers of those two guys, you would type in a password when you start the game. So you can it's technically not your game, but you're picking up where the game would start had you have beaten those two bosses already. So okay. it was just kind of an interesting thing. So anyways, that's a, a huge non sequitur uh, that I wanted to get <laughs> off on right off the bat. So someone's uh, got to speaking of nonsense. How about poll results? Um, if for those of you who don't remember, because it was 47 years ago, we did cover Nintendo Power versus Nickelodeon magazine. <laughs> yup. Um, so in a um, I, it was a. It was not a huge shit stomping, at least compared to a lot of stuff we've done recently, but mm-hmm. um, it was not really in question uh, much. So Facebook, uh, we found out 64.7% to 36.3% Nintendo power. Um, so not great, um, but I, I, I appreciate the fact that there was a lot of love for Nickelodeon Magazine, so it wasn't just a like... Do you? I, no, I do. I do like the fact that... It was not a clear cut like <laughs> why are you, why did you even put the other one at, against it cuz like Correct. I I like the other one more. So anyways. Yeah. Twitter slightly different case. Um <laughs> 76 <laughs> 76.7% to 23.3% um Nintendo Power. I did mention to Lisa that like we have a lot of like at least when we were starting out especially like, a lot of the stuff I was posting on Twitter was, like, retro game stuff and everything. And so we have a lot of gamer followers, like, retro gamers. And so, obviously, Nintendo Power is obviously going to be much more popular with them. So that probably explains the much larger gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, not so with Instagram, though, because Instagram was like, hey, I, I, I have stuff to say, too. Um, which came out 57% to 43% Nintendo Power. So Nintendo Power you had a clear, clear cut, but um, it was close on Instagram. So how about that? I guess. Is that Thanks, like a sil- guys. Silver lining for Lisa. Uh, does that yeah, bring you maybe. comfort? No, no, nothing does these mm. days, though. So <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> time for dark times with Lisa. It's darkness everywhere. That's true. Um, speaking of darkness, you remember your teens? Mm. Remember coming Do of I have age? To? Ooh, yes. Well, luckily they made movies about it. But a bump, but a bump. 
I'd like to stop and give Andy a round of applause because every single every single week, every single week he has to introduce a court case, and you do it on the fly. And like I, when when put under pressure, you've seen me crumple over trying to think of something funny. I just go something funny. Uh, I just say I just say the word something funny. funny. Yeah. Although was that good? Was that was that that anything? Um, So yeah, most I mean half the time I will say for the for the court cases, I'm just like I don't have anything clever to say. But um, but but oh. But still, you're there for it. You're right. there for it. So this week we are covering uh, two coming-of-age films. We, we were like, well, these aren't exact um, exact comparables, but they're both equally popular, and I think that they are very good coming-of-age type of films. So uh, mm-hmm. we're featuring 10 Things I Hate About You versus American Pie. American Pie. I cannot wait to hear you talk about that. I'm more excited about this because I just watched like the first two thirds of 10 Things I Had About You just before this because I was like, I oh, should yeah. know a little bit about it. And I was like, this movie's really fucking good. Like, it I know I've seen so it before. Good. I've seen it before, but it was so long ago that I was like, this is a really good movie. I'm really like, I'm really invested in it. So, uh, speaking of which, Lisa's going to go first and she's going to talk about that very movie. Yes, I am. And real quick, I wanted to say, I think we both understood that the better comparison to this one would have been Clueless, but we did cover it already in a previous episode against uh, Office Space, we decided. So we know they're not exactly the same, but it's still good. Have fun with it. That's what the show is. It's fun. I do enjoy when people say, like, you should have done it against this. Or like, well, we did do it like like 40 40 episodes ago, but thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's yeah but it's it always sounds so good to be like but i thought of it well you weren't so now you're now you're here with us i'm such a i'm such a shit i'm a bad influence on lisa too about making her just like be such a dick to people it's okay well because it's hard you know it's like you yeah, be in our to walk a mile in our shoes it's yeah. 90s court it's hard it's I get, not hard i get real tired <laughs> hearing about hearing about how i didn't know about uh that uh the guy was in Titanic. What was the guy? The guy from Twister. I just completely forgot. Oh, uh, Bill pa- Pullman? Paxton? Bill pa- Paxton? Paxton. Yeah, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Like, I've had so many people, like, because like, that's the first episode. They're like, how did you not know he's in? I'm like, I'd seen the movie once. I it's didn't also, remember. His part's really small compared to the rest of the movie. So it's, you know. If you want to know, sorry. when I started watching Titanic for an episode that we did on the show, I was very embarrassed to realize he was like the first character on screen, but I yeah. saw it once and I was like, this is a dumb girl movie. Like that was literally my attitude when I was watching it back when I was like, I don't know, in my late teens or whatever. Six. You were six years when old. I was six years old. Six years old. All right. But we're not here to talk about Titanic or Bill Paxton. RIP. We? We're here to talk about 10 things I hate about you. This movie dropped at uh, March 31st, 1999. So right on the cusp of the of the, the decade here. Had a budget of $30 million and did a box office grossing of 60 That's not as much as I thought Very it would nice. have been. But I think that this is one of those movies that may have not done super well in theaters, but actually has a huge cult following anyway. Yep. Yep. So, in my opinion, this is my favorite movie of the '90s, and I, and I know it barely counts because it was in '99, but it is just so good. So, listen to this cast, okay? Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Larissa Olenek, who is a uh, uh, fucking Alex, Alex Mack, Mack. <laughs> mm-hmm. and then there are a couple of other people, but like, but those are the main ones, okay? What's the? Uh, there there's were... this guy uh, that. Oh, never mind. I'll let it go. I'll, you're, it... you're. Yeah. No. Which one? Uh, Andrew the, Keegan. The, ner- the nerdy guy that that uh, helps him out or whatever the whole Michael, time. Michael uh, David Crumholtz. Yeah, he's very good too. Anyway, he is very good. And under and and under 
respected character in my notes, mm -hmm. but a very solid character in the movie. This is mm -hmm. a good point. So um, there were a lot of movies about teenagers and their relationships right in the mid to late 90s, but this one takes the cake, in my opinion, even above Clueless. I'm going to say it right now. It was also set in Seattle, which is a big swoon moment for me because I used to live Aww. there and I miss living there sometimes. But the whole premise is that there are two sisters, Kat, played by Julia Stiles, and Bianca, played by Larissa Olenek. And Kat is a senior with a very strong will, um, kind of a stronger attitude, and she's got a pretty insane disdain for, for boys and typical high school relationships, while her younger sister, Bianca, is a sophomore who's extremely popular, cute, kind of aloof, and everybody wants to date her. So typical, you know, 90s movie, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But they also have an overprotective father who is a doctor who apparently delivers babies to teenage moms all day. Oh, I God. Know. I heard he's a doctor. I didn't remember specifically that that was his job, but that's what I it sounds remember. like at least. Yeah, he's an obstetrician, but mm -hmm. he, but it just the way he speaks is that he's just constantly running into you know <laughs> teenage moms. And as a result, he is deeply, deeply protective of his two girls. And he should be because they're beautiful. So his rule is that there is no dating until they graduate. But later, to kind of make it a little bit fair... He changes the rule to Bianca can date when Kat does. And he knows this is um, an incredibly shitty happen. rule. Because Kat's just like, what, Which is such a guys? shitty thing like, as a dad to be like, like, oh, she's never going to get together with anybody. So fuck it. But it, but it wasn't like, it's not, it wasn't, in my opinion, like a she could never, but it's just like she she's doesn't not interested. want to. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So this is, this is a perfect crime because, you know, I've kind of allowed <laughs> it, but it's not at all an allowance of that. So, um. There's a new boy at school, Cameron, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and his new buddy, Michael Ekman, played by David Kremholtz, yeah. is showing him around the school when Bianca catches Cameron's eye. And Michael warns him that, like, she's awful, she's vapid, she's she's also, by the way, off-limits because her dad is insane. Um, and then at the same time, while Michael's showing Cameron around, we meet Joey, played by Andrew Keegan, um, and you'll, if you were to look at that, that name up, you'd recognize him instantly, but you, you just watch it. So, you know, um, he's the popular hot guy. That's like a model and a total trash mm -hmm. can. And he also has his sights set on Bianca. So yeah, hot mm -hmm. shit right there. Cameron gets the balls to kind of ask Bianca out and she informs him of this new rule that her father just released that she could date when Kat does. But of course... At the same time, she's got the hots for Joey and and not Cameron, so it's kind of a sad fucking mess. So so Cameron is like trying to get a date with Bianca. Bianca sees this as an opportunity to like maybe help get someone, or I, I don't know. Or Cameron's was, like, well, uh, I can get someone a date. Cat. It right? was a real smooth like request too. He's just like, I'm teaching you for French class, like, but I also don't know French. Also. You want to go get French food? Like it was the it was it was the, the slickest worst. shit I've ever seen. No, it was a slick as hell though. That's slick uh, as hell. I, I, if someone mm. would have done that with me, I'd been like, we're getting married right off the bat. Because they just said like I think they'd exchanged like ten words, and then he's like, "You want to get French food?" I'd be mm. like, I don't even know what French food is. I've eaten at French restaurants, and I don't know what French food is. So I I don't know I. But also, at this point, they're in high school, so why don't you just offer to get a burger, ding-dong? Escalco. Escalco. So, um, so Cameron Baguette. is like, I'm going to find... <laughs> I'm going to find some. I'm going to find someone to date Cat. So he goes through this, like, lineup of people at school, all of these, like, rejects that he thinks that he could possibly get to, you know, go out with her. Um, and no... And... 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 
it just it's it's awful. They end up landing their 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 sights on this weird antisocial and aggressive seeming guy named Patrick, who's played by Heath Ledger. Okay, so they can they try to pursue him, and they can only get him to agree to do it by offering to pay him. So Patrick goes after Cat a few times. She's not interested at all. So, um. To get, I think I'm missing a part here. I think I didn't write all the notes out. But to get her more interested, Cameron decides to fish Bianca for details about Kat's interests. So they go spelunky in her room and find out she has a you know black underwear. Apparently, a big sign that someone wants to bone down. Like, so weird. That's a weird. Also, like in hindsight, it's like okay, that's that's probably true. But also, don't put this in the movie because that's weird. We're talking about teenagers. It's Please the weirdest stop. leap in logic Please ever. Stop. Just like that's what you, that's what happens when you get them black underwear. So everybody's like, oh, I need to get black underwear. I'm interested in getting fucked. Mm-hmm. Why not? Right. So, um, how do I, how, I remember the sequence where? Oh, I, I'm not including. It, I don't think, but the sequence where Joey and and Michael are talking to each other. I think they're just trying to find someone to go on a date with cat but they're not realizing that cameron's not realizing that joey's got his sights on bianca and 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 they're they're missing the point that like they're both after bianca yeah and they're working together on this but whatever the case is patrick goes to this concert um to get her attention to get cat's attention and whatnot um and fake that he likes the band just to kind of get her approval and and as a result of kind of like seeming like he's into the same shit as her he she agrees to go to a party at this like rich kid's house named bogey (laughs) bogey's a great nickname for a kid at the school by the way um and it ends up being this massive insane party and all the kids are having a great time and but at the, but cat's there and she never goes to parties right mm-hmm. she goes to this one and her interactions with joey at the party are not great um because we're starting to learn they may have a little bit of a history there um and so uh what am i trying to say what did they go okay Bianca's starting to have some trouble with Joey at the party, too, and Kat's, like, upset and starts drinking her head off at the party, which leads to this insane, iconic scene that lives with me for an eternity, the scene where she gets up on the table and, like, starts, like, dancing like crazy to Notorious B.I.G.'s Hypnotize, which is just the best like she, I mean, for for Julia Stiles, she tore it up a little bit, and apparently, according to the trivia, this scene is what helped her land the role for, um, uh, the last dance or whatever the whatever the dance oh, okay. movie was she did but of course I'm, I'm really killing it here on that note but <laughs> oh gosh but let's see she hits her head pretty hard and then patrick is all concerned about her and that's when when she knows that that's whenever he begins to realize that feelings are changing a little bit and he kind of feels for her a little bit and then he's trying to help keep her awake because she hit her head and he's concerned there's a concussion and then they go in or she he's driving her home and she's starting to like actually open up to this guy for the first time. Mm-hmm. She goes in for a kiss. And as he's realizing that the guilt is setting in, that he's been paid to kind of go out with her a bit, he starts to get uh, feel guilty and like he rejects the kiss. He's like, maybe not this time. Point and of order. I, what? I thought it was because he, I, like, honestly, I thought it was because he's like, man, she's really drunk and that would be super fucked up if I kissed her right now. So, but I guess, I, I guess yours could be true too. I just didn't think about that. I think it, I think it'd be either like either or. I feel like him feeling concerned for her made him realize like maybe I actually do care about right. her a bit. That it's not just about getting a little bit of money and just trying to tackle this dragon or whatever. But um, so let's see. At the same time, after kind of like an annoying night of Bianca watching Joey like show off his boring ass model poses all night, she's getting annoyed with him. He invites 
Bianca to an after party. She can't. She's kind of annoyed and is like, I just want to go home. So Joey takes her friend Chastity and she's like, what the hell, dude? Like, he's like, well, yeah, just because she's available. I'm just going to take her and said, I really don't care. There's not really a whole lot going on between you and I. So he's trying to nail Bianca, but it's kind of like any port in a storm, it seems like. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) so so. Bianca gets a ride home with Cameron, who throughout the party realizes that Bianca was never in any of this for him, but was only trying to get someone to take Kat out so that she could go out with Joey. So he's like, what the fuck ever, I'll take you home. He takes her home, drops her off, and and like starts going off on her, telling her like all this that he's done to try to learn French, just to teach her, and like she's spoiled, she's awful, she's that. And then she just clicks and like goes in to kiss him. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I, I thought that was like I was like that's such a like I mean I I know like I think it's out of my lens now like that I'm just like what a whiny little shit like just like you're him such or a, her him. him him yeah like for the way he's like you should have like I look at I tried really hard so you need to like me <laughs> you're like that's that, and he yeah, just like that, was like shitty to her in the car and then she's like okay I'll kiss you because you're mean to me now. Yeah. Oh, I like it when people are mean to me. I'm a woman with daddy issues. Don't worry about it. It's totally cool. Dad won't let me date. I'm what's whatever. It's it is a weird one to look at in in hindsight to be like that. Like he's way acting out. Like if someone did that to me, I'd be like, "Fuck you!" It's the, like it's I don't the know whole, you shit. It's the whole nice guy. Like the people are just like, yeah, like just never. But nobody wants to be the nice guy or whatever. I'm just like, all right, whatever. Like let's not let's not embolden that thought pattern anymore. Correct. Correct. So, so this this storyline aside, Cat is totally scorned by this rejected kiss from Patrick, um, and and so she's super anti him. Will not give him the time of day until he pulls off one of the best moments of, in my opinion, cinematic like cinematic history. It's mm. probably a bit of an overstatement there, but he gets over the loudspeaker PA system while she's out at PE, you know, outside on the field, and he starts singing along with the marching band. Can't take my eyes off you. So good. And he's running around the outdoor um, seating area and like being chased by, you know, security. And he's like slapping their asses. And so it's just the best. It's like, it's such a sweet moment. And so they go on cute dates and things are starting to go better, including her flashing her soccer coach to get him out of um, detention for this little stunt on the PA system. But that things are going well. And then he begins to ask her to go to prom. And I want to say I've missed a point here in the notes where Joey begins to send money to um, Patrick as well because he wants to take Bianca to prom or something like that. I think I didn't write that down right. I watched the movie like a week or so ago. I'm like, sure. I should have taken better fucking notes. But... This is like exactly when I stopped watching. So I Oh, I, shoot. Well, let's just pretend I'm, I have You're on your right. own now. Yeah. <laughs> you're on your own, Monaghan. So... Um, so he's asking Kat to prom and she becomes suspicious because she's like, no, I don't really want to do that. And he was like, come on, let's go. And and so her her reaction is, what's in it for you? And I just want to take a moment and be like, my thought has never jumped to that conclusion to be like, what's in it for you? It's like, you just really want to go? I don't want to go. But to think like, what's in it for you? is like, that's a that's extremely that's leading. A, yeah, yeah, that's an extreme, like, huge leap in logic to be to be like, I've somehow I've asked the question that is exactly what I needed to ask. Exactly. And, and so whatever the case is, she gets upset and she's like, whatever. And then he's he's mad, too. And and whatnot. And so it ends up being a whole thing. But let's see, they, they do end up going to prom together. But in this big fight scene. Joey confronts Patrick while he's dancing with Kat um, because Bianca is at the prom with Cameron and not 
Joey. And so Bianca, like he he's like, I paid you to take Kat out so I could be here with Bianca and she's here with Cameron. And so Kat Whoops. hears this and is devastated and runs away. Um, but at this, but Bianca beats the shit out of Cameron in this inc- incredible scene where she like punches Fuck, him yeah. in the nose, punches him in the face, and like knees him in the balls. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what I what I did not cover yet was the part where Cat in a in a confidential like meeting with her sister tells her like I had sex with I had sexual relations with Joey and he kept pressuring me to do stuff I didn't want to do and I decided I didn't want to date with him so in Bianca's book she's like he's trash but also why did you tell me this and it was a whole thing but like sisters looking out for each other for a moment Mm -hmm. but Kat's brokenhearted the next day in class um Kat reads a poem for a project that her teacher gave and and she goes up first to read and she's and she was writing like basically listing off the 10 things that she hates about Patrick being things like his combat boots. If you haven't seen the scene, go back and finish that Andy uh, talking about his I've combat seen, I mean, I've boots. I've seen the movie before. Yeah. You just, have? It's okay. been a while. Uh, how he cuts his hair, et cetera. But then of course the, the end of it starts rolling into a sad admission of how much she doesn't hate him at all. Like she actually really kind of loves Patrick actually. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, they, long story short, they get back together uh cameron gets bianca joey goes to hell and everything is perfect and the movie Whoa. ends in this scene of like yeah he goes to hell it's a weird it's a weird turn it's of a weird like they're like all of a sudden in like the the hell the hellish like planes down below and yes like, oh the earth opens up grabs him it's, it's such a weird <laughs> sequence it's actually part so, of the director's cut so that's like half know. their budget was just on that one scene <laughs> It's true. Uh, actually, funny thing, I didn't put it in the trivia notes, but the very final scene is like after they're all, you know, everything's rolling and the credits are going, the band that they're, they've had performing this whole time is like atop this building doing this performance. And it was a kind of small stage to my understanding. And they had a helicopter come in and do the shot. And they told the band, they're like, don't fuck this up. It costs $500,000 every single time that what? helicopter leaves the pad. So they were like, don't mess this up. You get one shot, and the band did a great job. But it, but in their like interview with it, like, it was terrifying because the helicopter you can see it in the distance. You're like, there it is, and then it starts lurching towards you, really crazy fast. You're like, oh, is it going to crash into us? Like, is this supposed to happen? You're still trying to be cool because they said it's five hundred thousand dollars every time it lands or every time it leaves the ground. So don't mess up. And it ended up going fine, but they were so scared. Wow, <laughs> so scared apparently. So other pieces of trivia. Um, my favorite piece of trivia. When Kat is reading the poem in class to Patrick, um, it was done in one take and one take only. And her tears were real and not planned. It's really beautiful. Um, Josh Hartnett and Ashton Kutcher were also considered for the role of Patrick, but Heath Ledger won. Um, Andrew Keegan at one point in the film draws a dick on the face of David Crumholtz, but Uh he didn't know how to draw genitals somehow. So David taught him. He so David Crumholtz had to teach this gentleman how to draw a dick on his face. Correct. Wow. <laughs> I I want that to be true. It's on a website, so it must be. Um, but it's amazing. Um, and then the, my final piece of trivia, which I thought was actually really really cool, Heath Ledger made the third actor to sing "Can't Take My Eyes Off You" by Frankie Valli. That the la- the actor would later go on to play a Batman villain. Okay. The others what? were Christopher, yeah, the Christopher Walken who sang it in The Deer Hunter before playing Max Shrek in Batman Returns. And then also Michelle Pfeiffer sang it in The it's Fabulous Catwoman. Baker Boys 
before playing Catwoman in Batman Returns. I thought that was such a cool that's little through line. That's such a weird, yeah, that's just such a weird coincidence. And R. also, Heath Ledger. That was I know. A, that was a great performance, too. So. It really was. And I love this movie because Heath Ledger has such a unique mouth. Um, like his smile is really very unique and Julia Stiles mouth is also very unique. Like their smiles are just, so the whole time I was just like, look at all these cool mouths. Like what I, a weird thing to think, but I was just like, cool mouths guys. I, I don't want to <laughs> like, linger too much. Cause I know we would probably take it forever, but like the, the Keith Ledger in this one, like I couldn't tell for a while if he was doing some sort of accent. Like it felt like he was trying to do like, like, I don't know, like a, like a slightly Irish or Scottish or something. And like, but then, like, later on, I was like, no, he's not doing that at all. But it just felt like he was doing something. But I was like, it was just a weird vo- vocal thing that he did. And it only only occasionally would I hear it. But I was just like, that's not, I don't know. That's Well, that's he's, Aus- he's Australian. And so, oh, what you're, so you're hearing, so probably his, hearing you're... his actual Australian a little bit. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's that. But that is 10 Things I Hate About You. I don't know if I actually did it justice, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of your favorite movies of all time, listener. And you should go and watch it again because it feels good. <laughs> And now on to American Pie. Yeah, I'm so sorry. You've just you're you are. It's now one of your favorite films. I know you didn't plan on this, but it is. Sorry. It is. Yeah, deal with it. Um, hey, I'm going to talk about American Pie, um, which uh, didn't have quite as like in like impactful and inspiring of a storyline. I mean, no. in fairness, it also was not based on a Shakespearean <laughs> play. Correct. So it's Correct. probably you know it's it's uh they kind of just winged it on this one. So. A little bit less of that and a little bit more boners. boners. Um, a lot of boners. I watched this, by the way. Nice. Okay. Nice. So American Pie came out July 9th, 1999. Also a late bloomer, um, which is listed as American Pie is a 1999 American sex comedy film directed uh, and covers by Mr. White's, um, which I love. Just the fact that they just they say sex comedy on this thing. So matter of fact, like. You just need to accept that's what it is. It's a genre. <laughs> that's what this is. And that is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So. So budget, $11 million. Box Damn. office, $235.5 <gasps> million. It wiped mine off the fucking earth. Oh, my but, gosh. I mean, it's just, I mean, it was just such a big, I mean, the actors and everything in this were amazing. I mean, like all of them, like everybody, well, either had a career beforehand or moved on to have a career later. Uh, I'll talk about at least one person who... Um, I've brought him up so many times because I just he's such a recognizable face, Thomas Ian Nicholas. Um, we'll talk about him in a minute. Okay. So the movie starts out. Jim, played by Jason Biggs, is masturbating. We'll just get right okay. at that out there. They're like, we just want you to know this kind of shit is going to be happening. So if you need to leave, leave now, please. That's a good <laughs> because point. He is uh, watching. He's doing. Something that uh, children, and not children, but like teens um, of the 90s might have had some experience with, which was that they have uh, channels, uh, premium channels like HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, and things like that would be on TV. But like as you're going through the channels, it would be there, but it was like super like purple and blue and blurry or whatever, and you couldn't really make anything out. But like, but like some people would be like like sitting there like watching it trying to make it out. They're like, "Is this? Am I watching porn right now?" But like you wouldn't know because because <laughs> it was so blurry. But that's basically what he's doing in this scene is watching this um, this really sh- shitty looking like uh, porn or something like that that's clearly on a channel that they don't actually have because um, that's just how it worked back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
so basically um what happened then is that his parent his mom came in and um he was trying to just he put a pillow over his dick and then like was trying to turn off the tv but amazingly his his thing didn't work basically they they this entire movie is about um jason biggs being uncomfortable and like you feeling so uncomfortable just watching jason biggs in the most awkward situations ever Mm -hmm. there are many other things but that is one of the through lines through all of it is jason biggs constantly having the most uncomfortable situations ever and it makes me cringe because i'm like yep that's like not exactly but just feeling the embarrassment that i have felt at different times in my life of feeling so awkward and so uncomfortable Particularly mm-hmm. when interacting with your parents about stuff, certain things. While you've been caught, no. Yeah, no? well, not that specifically, no. No. but okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, um, yikes. No, too that would soon, be a weird thing to soon. talk. No, I, yeah. I specifically said not this specifically, <laughs> but you. um. So basically, yeah, they walk into his room and they're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Oh, he's lo- watching some some. Uh, anyways, they make it awkward. They're standing there while he's covering up his dick, and and so that kind of it's just awful. set the scene. So there's many storylines in Sue going through the different uh, early on. It's kind of just trying to set the stage of like who these characters are, why they're relevant and important, um, involving uh, basically some different high school tropes. So uh, first off, Thomas Ian Nicholas is our boy from Rookie of the Year and a kid in King Arthur's Court, um, which I didn't realize those were like the only other movies he'd been in before that. And I just always thought he was like such a huge 90s star, but really he was in yeah. like... Like four movies, which was two Kid and King Arthur's Court's adjacent films, um, which is weird because the first one did get like a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm amazed that they made a second one. Um, But yeah, I just always remember him because Rookie of the Year is such a baller film. Um, It really was. So yeah, so as I mentioned, this movie is just a series of uh, people being awkward and feeling weird as fuck and you feeling bad for them and feeling uncomfortable by... uh, by association, like, I guess the conversations with his dad, I will say Eugene Levy, who plays the dad in this movie, is so fucking good at so uncomfortable good. conversations. And it's so like and apparently he improvs like a fair amount of it, too. And it's so like just like when he there's a later scene when he walks in with porn <laughs> and, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like explaining to his son, he's like. Now this is uh, a little more of an exotic, uh, you know. <laughs> I, you, then as you can see, there's some uh, a little bit more. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, unshaven, uh, I guess is what you would call it. So like, just like making, like oh talking gosh. about it in a very matter of fact, serious way. And Jason thinks like it's just like fuck me. Um, you said that was improv by Levy? some. A lot of that scene was yeah. Apparently, oh, like he's that is so good. So. Um, so, but yeah, like then they go to this party at Stifler's. Um, and again, I'm not going to go through everything because it's not like a super straightforward. Here's the storyline. And it's a very important path. Um, yeah. They're at a party at Stifler's and there's this part where he see he looks up and sees Nadia, who's the foreign exchange student. And he, he she's like, keeps looking over at him. So she, he's like, you know, what? I'm going to go and say hi. And so he does. And he just walks up. And there's, like, three girls that are, like, talking and they're laughing at something. And so he just like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then they like look at him like okay and then he stands there for a second and then laughs again and then just kind of like waves and walks off oh <laughs> it's I'm just the like, most painful scene that's it's it, that's me like throughout my entire except i didn't even have the i wouldn't have had the balls to go up to women and talk to them um oh, i just would man. just be like yeah but I, i've definitely been awkward like that for sure and still yeah. can be 
Um, so yeah, so all of the four friends, so the four main characters that we're focusing on, all four of them strike out this day, including the one who has a girlfriend. So there's one who has a girlfriend, and then the other three are single. Um, and so they all strike out, so they make a pact that they're going to get laid before they graduate. Um, which, I mean, it, if 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 the, the previous scenes have not been a, a hint to that, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, so the four friends are named Jim, Oz, Finch, and Kevin, and they have their different strategies that they're planning on using and how they're going to get laid. So Oz, who's really like a handsome guy, he's just a little bit more, he doesn't really know how to have conversations very well. He's kind of a jock, um, mm-hmm. but he's like a nice jock. Um, so he decides to join show choir, um, because he's like, this is like an untapped resource of like, of people that, I don't know, just so he goes to this one and he ends up locking eyes with, um, the girl from American, uh, from American Beauty, um, Mm -hmm. which was actually came out the same year and I'll discuss more about her later. So he, um, so then Finch pays someone to start a rumor that he has a huge dick. (laughs) a good strategy man amongst other things and like uh, just there's so many rumors like so many rumors about him being amazing um and then kevin is given because kevin's the one with the girlfriend um tara reed and so uh he inherits this bible uh it's not an actual bible but it's like a a sexy time bible of how to like make women you know um and so and that's how what he's trying to do because he's basically trying to get his girlfriend to have sex with them because they'll always get to third base or whatever. And then we'll never go beyond that. Um, and Jim, well, Jim doesn't really have plans. <laughs> Jim, Jim is just a comedy of errors the entire time and just stuff that keeps happening. Um, including of course the situation where he does for no reason, except for the fact that somebody had mentioned that sex is like warm apple pie, or that like uh, third base is like warm apple pie. So he's like, I'm going to have sex with this pie. And he does. It's a good, it's a- and it, whole strategy because he's like i look at this pie it's just here somehow it's still hot i'm gonna have sex with it here in the kitchen and not go somewhere else and shocker his dad does come in and it's like oh look at that you're having sex we, with that, that. that that is one of the most mortifying moments in cinematic history it's awful yep. i mean what were you thinking in the first place like what was going to be the end game there and i don't know i guess it's a film so yeah, um, I guess. <laughs> so throughout the movie, we touch base with Oz and Heather, um, which is a, more of a traditional coming-of-age teen film. It's very, honestly, it's very much more like 10, 10 Things I Hate About You-esque because it, it actually is like a good storyline with between those two of them mm-hmm. like getting to know each other and meeting and, you know, kind of the uh, one person not being sure and uncomfortable with possibly dating them, but eventually they get together. Um, considerable developments with the other characters' plots. So, foreign exchange student is going to Jim's house to study with him, but has to change after practice. And so, they set up a webcam to broadcast to a bunch of people, which is still very problematic in <laughs> current days. Um, of this super grainy ass shit, because you get to see, remember, oh, okay, webcams back then were total garbage. Of him broadcasting to like two, uh, he's supposed to be broadcasting like two other places, mm-hmm. um, like Stifler's house and then his friend's house. So she goes in there to change. He runs all the way down the street to his friend's house to watch this, uh, watch the video. And apparently she is like, rather than just getting changed, she ends up opening a thing and finding his nude mag, nudie magazines. And then ends up like touching herself on his bed. 
Yes, I, which is a very normal. Did you? I mean, did that not happen to you in high school? Just I feel when like a, I definitely when the foreign exchange it. student just this you, when you're in in somebody else's room and you're like, this seems like a good time to masturbate. <laughs> this is the perfect time. What are you gonna do? Wait till you're home? No, you're supposed to be changing clothes, which yeah. should take like a minute and a half. Why not just make yourself? It'd be at weird home? if somebody came up here in the next like ten minutes because they're like, hey, why the fuck are you not done in yeah. my house? Um, so they're like, you need to go seduce her. And so he runs home and then just goes up to the upstairs, just opens the door and then like strikes a pose. He's like, you need any help with that? Oh my God. <laughs> like a really bad porn. Um, so anyway, so she is like, uh, I don't know. feels like dominatrix or whatever. Cause she's like strip. And then just like forces him to dance like, like uh, half naked or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then finally like summons him to the bed and he, well, he prematurely, you know. Um, and it turns yes. out in the meantime, we find out that this video stream has been broadcast to everyone that goes to his school. Everyone. And so everyone has watch, is watching him uh, lose it early. Um, and then uh, he talks her into, to, into staying. He's like, I got more in reserves. And he talks her into staying, says a nice compliment. And then he does it again. Oops. And so he comes to school the next day and literally everyone is laughing at him constantly. So so um, awful. Luckily, band camp girl, who you know, named Michelle, this one time at band camp, because I almost mm-hmm. forgot about that entire character until I saw it. Um, she acts like she doesn't know anything about the video. And so he ends up asking her to go to prom because he knows that nobody else <laughs> is interested because of that video. Yeah. Um, so we finally find out how Finch got everyone to think that he was righteous in bed, which is that he paid Jessica, which is played by Natasha Lyons. Um, I don't know her actual pronunciation of her name, but she's a rad actress. Uh, she's the one from like Russian Doll. Oh, I think it's Natasha Leone. I think Leone. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. So Natasha Leone, who's rad as hell. Um, she spread the rumor because he paid her. And as part of the rumor, though, was that he beat the shit out of Stifler. So Stifler gets pissed because his prom date drops him for the potential of maybe being able to go with Finch. Like, not even certain, just the possibility of it. And then she mentions that, like, and I'm, you're probably still upset because of, you know, how badly he beat you or whatever. And oh so gosh. Stifler is like, it's fucking on. And so he puts so he puts an insane amount of laxatives in the coffee of uh, Finch. And Finch has well-known, does not like to use public restrooms and finds it extremely gross. Um, so he ends up going full steam towards the bathrooms, which um, Stifler guides him to the wrong bathroom, which is the women's bathroom, because he doesn't use them. So he wouldn't know which one it is. And he ends up going into the women's bathroom, sitting in a stall. And then like four women who all are like super into him are sitting there like talking about him. And then he finally can't hold it anymore. and He just poops like real loud. And then he comes outside and everyone's laughing at him. <laughs> It's awful. I mean, this this is just a murder. This is probe, just like a this is just shit. a series of a bunch like something bad happens and a bunch of people laugh at him. The end. Ugh. Um. So prom runs around. Oz and Heather, the girl from American Beauty, are in a relationship, but he isn't worried about sex at this point. Uh, Jim is basically given up on trying to have sex. Finch is pretty resigned that no one has interest in him anymore after everything that happened with him pooping. Um. And Kevin, the one in a relationship, is finally going to have sex that night, and he's pretty excited about it. But then he, like, he realizes he's terrified and has no idea what he's doing. And, uh, let's see. There's a party at Stifler's afterwards. Finch ends up going to the basement of the after party at Stifler's, um, just by himself because he's not really feeling it. 
and he ends up meeting Stifler's mom. Yep. <laughs> who is the well-known MILF from earlier on in the thing. Um, and I use that because they refer to her as a MILF. Um, so they have a refined conversation, drink scotch, and then uh, apparently she's really into 18-year-olds, so they bone. That's not upsetting. <laughs> yep. On the pool table, and then Stifler later. So it's it's great revenge against Stifler. So it is really good. Jim's date, the band camp girl, he finds out is actually super experienced sexually. And after the like one time at band camp, I shoved the pussy up, uh, uh, pussy up my pussy. Sorry. Yeah, that's the line for that's, the movie. And may I say, as a flautist in high school, that was not a welcome thing to have had follow me around the next four years. Yep, yep, yep. I was just like, cool, super cool, 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 cool. 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 Glad cool. I can. Thanks. I, glad I can't just use this innocently um, as an instrument. Yeah um so yeah apparently all of a sudden like she's like yeah i just i only asked you because i knew you'd be too des you'd be desperate enough to like a sure a sure lay or whatever and so it turns out he, she was using him for sex and he but he loves that he's like fuck yeah i got used yeah oh, that's right <laughs> yeah um so all of them ended up having sex that night except for oz um who was the only one that had a promising relationship after that because the other one that wasn't a relationship they are moving really really far apart from each other so um so it was okay and he was cool with that uh, and the end of the movie is him as Jim doing a strip tease on webcam for Nadia, who had moved back to her home country. Um, and his dad walks in, but for once, his dad just backs out of the room and leaves instead of being weird as fuck. Thank, thank you, Eugene Levy. The end, except for the like eight more American Pies that would come after that. This is true. That would, yeah, that would come after that. Yeah, you. It was a. Uh... It was a worse movie than I thought, than I remembered. I remember hmm. being like, no, American Pie was good. And then I started watching it. I was like, American Pie is not good. It's yeah. not good. I, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't hate it. There were some parts that I'm like, oh, yeah, that was funny. Or like, wow, I didn't remember how iconic that was. I think it was mainly I was excited about seeing all these actors that were bit, weren't like had huge careers afterwards and everything. There's just a lot of them. Um, yeah. So a few pieces of trivia just to go through these real quick. Uh, when submitting his script to studios, screenwriter Adam Hers titled it Untitled Teenage Sex Comedy That Can Be Made for Under $10 Million, which studio studio readers will likely hate, but I think you will love it. That is an exact <laughs> title. It was a long title, and it was later changed to East Great Falls High, then Great Falls, and then finally American Pie. Okay. It took four tries of submitting the film to get an R rating instead of NC seventeen. Wow. Well, it did. Checks it out. did go pretty far because then uh, the the foreign exchange student does do. Um, she has she's exposing herself in the front. I don't think that she shows her lower half. No, but it's they still kind of like yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Allison Hannigan, who is the Michelle slash Bandcamp girl, went to her callback audition having to pee really bad, so she ran to the bathroom. Um, like okay, I'm gonna just try and go to the bathroom. She ran there and went. And peed, and then she came out of the bathroom, and immediately her name was being called. So she's like frantically running to our audition, and so she went in having not calmed down at all. And so she read the park like super quirky, um, like really quickly and fast, and with a ton of energy. Um, and she credits that to getting the part because it ended up being perfect for the part that she um, ended up getting. She was actually she was actually going for a different role, but then they were like, "Oh, you're actually perfect for this one." So how funny is that? Yeah, Sean William Scott. He plays Stifler. Uh-huh. How much would you say his salary was? 20000 
$8,000. Oh, it was, that was even, it oh, was, that's so That sad. is unfathomable. He, he, this was his first role ever in a feature length, uh, feature length film. I'm like, just by having a part that has like, so like not even only being a huge character, but having so many lines and getting paid $8,000. That's wild. Um, Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, dude. And then I, the line I had over here about the trivia was about the Eugene Levy uh, improvising a lot of stuff, in particular the porn thing they mentioned. He or he did a ton of that stuff, uh, improv. So, contrary to popular belief, this film actually did not invent the term MILF. A 1995 Usenet post initially used the acronym, predating the movie by four years. Uh, but, however, it's basically the reason that the, the term was popularized, uh, mm-hmm. which you could say is good or bad. <laughs> So I've been trying to use the word MILF for myself, but only in the t- in the only in the context of me being like, man, I love forecasting. Because <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, I'm a MILF. Man, I oh love forecasting. God. It's like you can't say that. Don't be a jerk. But it's really oh, fun. I was just like, no. I just love for. I actually do like forecasting. But okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. You can have it as your original term, and do not use it for me. Okay. Because it wouldn't work that way anyway. So anyway. Yeah. American Chris, Pie, you guys. Chris, oh wait, no, Klein. you had another one. Sorry. Yeah, you're just sorry, sorry. yeah, just because you started saying works doesn't mean it's done. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> Chris Klein and Sean William Scott did not know how to play lacrosse prior to shooting, so they practiced for weeks, three weeks. They they practiced back and forth, and then finally they were just like, you know, we're just gonna let our doubles handle it instead. <laughs> Are you serious? I just thought it's hilarious that they were practicing so hard, and then they're just like, you know what, never mind. <laughs> Forget it. Wow. Uh, when Eugene Level, Levy auditioned for this film, it was titled East Great Falls High, and he was already shooting in a film, an independent film, titled American Pie. At the time, he was auditioning for this film. Later, when the title changed to American Pie, the indie film had to change its name to The Secret Life of Girls, which also released in 1999. I just thought that was such an insane coincidence that he was shooting for a film called American Pie, and that would later be the name of this. That is uh, insane. What are the odds? Jonathan Taylor Thomas was the studio's top choice for the pick, uh, pick for the choice of uh, Jim, but he turned it down. That would have been a terrible choice. JTT, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, yeah, because he's he's like a, a cute boy or whatever. I don't know why they would do that. Um, and Jason Biggs had to do the sex scene by himself because his body double st- showed up with an eight-inch long scar across his stomach, and he was fired. <laughs> Oh my god! Because he just he just showed up as like he's like I'm ready, and they're like, dude, that you can't, you just cut the shit out of yourself. We can't have you. So, um, so anyways, so yeah, so American Pie, the end. The end. There it is. Oh boy, a long, American long Pie. Time ago. I jeez Louise. I can still remember. Are you guys going to vote? Mm-hmm. Ten things I hate about you. Versus, I, there's a very if you fall into either bucket, you're very particularly invested in the film for certain reasons. So mm-hmm. you're gonna vote. You're gonna vote however you vote. It's gonna feel good no matter what because it was a good feel good coming of age movie from the '90s. And you can vote for us on Facebook and Twitter at '90s Court. Uh, Instagram is '90s Court. Um, the Instagram poll is available available only on Monday. Monday for like 24 hours. It's in the Instagram stories. Go vote there. Um, let's see. Oh, you just humming. I love your little background music. It's nice. Um, uh, let's see. You can also find us on patreon.com slash 90s court. We have some uh, stuff there for you to listen to old backlogs of episodes. You also get stickers and shout outs like we said. We also have a merch store. T public T E E public.com slash user slash the nineties court. And as always, please leave us as nice five star rating and review on iTunes and Podchaser as well. So 
Um, I was thinking the other day that it would be really fun to bring up something like, you, you remember in the Jerry Springer show when they had, mm-hmm. like, he had like final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yep. that? Yeah. It's like, we should start doing final thoughts. The day the music died. How about the day a child Drove was trying to break into my room? by <laughs> Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. That's why I was humming the whole time. Sorry. Uh, oh, were you? That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's so, amazing. Anyways, uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, especially I know this is a longer one here, but we love you. And we decided you're like, you know what? They deserve more. They We lost two weeks of content, so we're going to give them 1.25 weeks of content in one Hell episode. Yeah. Take it, dudes. So, uh, we appreciate so Lisa, we... any parting remarks before we depart? Go play ski for you guys. Go play Mega Man 2. Okay, or that. And also get some French Toast Crunch from Walmart. You won't regret it. You probably will regret it a little bit. A little bit. So, anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another, with another episode. Love Cheers. you. Stay radical. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.